Hello there. So let's start with chapter 37 today. In the last chapter, we saw the meeting with the Babaji and the after-death experience of Lahri Mahasaya by three of his disciples. Today, in this chapter, we will see, I go to America. America, surely these people are Americans. This was my thought as a panorama of Western faces passed before my inward view. Immersed in meditation, I was sitting behind some dusty boxes in the storeroom of the Ranchi school. A private spot was difficult to find during those busy years with the youngsters. The vision continued. A vast multitude gazing at me intently swept actor-like across the stage of consciousness. The storeroom door opened as usual. One of the young lads had discovered my hiding place. Come here, Bimal, I cried gaily. I have news for you. The Lord is calling me to America. To America? The boy echoed my words in a tone that implied I had said to the moon. Yes, I am going forth to discover America like Columbus. He thought he had found India. Surely there is a karmic link between those two lands. Bimal scampered away. Soon the whole school was informed by the two-legged newspaper. I summoned the bewildered faculty and gave the school into its charge. I know you will keep Lahri Mahasaya's yoga ideals of education ever to the fore, I said. I shall write to you frequently. God willing, someday I shall be back. Tears stood in my ears in my eyes as he cast a last look at the little boys and the sunny acres of Ranchi. A definite epoch in my life had now closed. I knew, henceforth I would dwell in far lands. I entrained from Cal Calcutta a few hours after my vision. The following day I received an invitation to serve as a delegate from India to an International Congress of Religious Liberals in America. It was to convene that year in Boston under the auspice of the American Unitarian Association. My head in a whirl, I sought out Sri Tishwar in Samapur. Guruji, I have just been invited to address a religious congress in America. Shall I go? All doors are open for you, Master replied simply. It is now or never. But sir, I said in dismay, what do I know about public speaking? Seldom have I given a lecture and never in English. English or no English, your words and yoga shall be heard in the West. I laughed. Well, dear Guruji, I hardly think the Americans will learn Bengali. Please bless me with a push over the hurdles of the English language. When I broke the news of my plans to father, he was utterly taken back. To him, America seemed incredibly remote. He feared he might never see me again. How can you go? He asked sternly. Who will finance you? 
as he had affectionately borne the expenses of my education the whole life and he doubtless hoped that his question would bring my project to a, an embarrassing halt the lord will surely finance me as i made this reply i thought of a similar one i had given long ago to my brother ananta in agra without much very much gil i added father perhaps god will put it into your mind to help me no never he glanced at me piteously i was astounded therefore when father handed me the, uh, the following day a check made out for a large amount i gave you this money he said not in my role as a father but a faithful disciple of lahri mahasaya go then to that far western land spread there the creedless teachings of kriya yoga i was immensely touched at the selfless spirit in which father has been able quickly to put aside his personal desires the just realization had come to him during the preceding night that no ordinary desire for foreign travel was motivating my plans perhaps we shall not meet again in this life father who was 67 at this time spoke sadly an intuitive conviction prompted me to reply surely the lord will bring us together once more as i went about my preparations to leave master and my native land for the unknown shores of america i experienced not a little trepidation i had heard many stories about the materialistic west a land very different from india steeped in the sanctuary aura of science to dare the western airs i thought an oriental teacher should be hardy beyond the trials of any himalayan cold one early morning i began to pray with an adamant determination to continue even to die praying until i heard the voice of god i wanted his blessing and assurance that i would not set i would not lose myself in the fox of modern utilitarianism my heart was set to go to america but even more strongly was it resolved to hear the solace of divine permission i prayed and prayed muffling my sobs no answer came at noon i reached the zenith my head was reeling under the pressure of my agonies i felt that if i cried once more increasing the depth of my inner passion my brain would split at that moment there came a knock on the door of my garpa road home answering the summons i beheld a young man in the scanty garb of a renunciant he entered the house he must be baba ji i thought dazed because the man before me had the features of a young lahiri mahasaya he answered my thought yes i am baba ji he spoke melodiously in hindi our heavenly father has heard your prayer he commands me to tell you follow the behests of your guru and go to america fear not you shall be protected after a vibrant pause babaji addressed me again 
you're the one I have chosen to spread the message of Kriya Yoga in the West. Long ago, I met your Guru Yukteswar at a Kumbh Mela. I told him, then I would send you to him for training. I was speechless, choked with devotion, devotional awe at his presence and deeply touched to hear from his own lips that he had guided me to Sri Yukteswar. I lay prostrate before the deathless Guru. He graciously lifted me up. After telling me many things about my life, he gave me some personal instruction and uttered a few secret prophecies. Kriya Yoga, the scientific technique of God-realization, he finally said that solemnity will ultimately spread in all lands and aim in harmonizing the nations through man's personal transcendental perception of the infinite father. With a gaze of majestic power, the master electrified me with a glimpse of his cosmic consciousness. If there should rise suddenly within the skies, sun burst of a thousand suns, flooding earth with beams undeemed of, then might be that holy one's majesty and radiance dreamed of. In a short while, Babaji started towards the door, remarking, Do not try to follow me. You will not be able to do so. Please, Babaji, don't go away, I cried repeatedly. Take me with you, he replied. Not now, some other time. Overcome by emotion, I disregarded this warning. As I tried to pursue him, I discovered that my feet were firmly rooted to the floor. From the door, Babaji gave me a last affectionate glance. My eyes were fixed on him longingly as he raised his hand by way of benediction and walked away. After a few minutes, my feet were free. I sat down and went into a deep meditation, unceasingly thanking God not only for answering my prayer, but for blessing me by a meeting with Babaji. My whole body seemed sanctified through the touch of the ancient, ever youthful master. Long had it been my burning desire to behold him. Until now, I have never recounted to anyone the story of my meeting with Babaji. Holding it as most sacred of my human experiences, I have hidden it in my heart. But the thought occurred to me that readers of this autobiography would be more inclined to believe in the reality of the secluded Babaji with his world interest if I relate that I have seen him with my own eyes. I have helped an artist to draw for this book a true picture of Yogi Christ of modern India. The eve of my departure for the United States found me in, the, in Sri Yukteswar's holy presence. Forget you were born among Hindus and don't adopt all the ways of the Americans. Take the best of both peoples, he said in his calm way of wisdom. Be your true self, a child of God. Seek to incorporate into your being the best qualities of all your brothers scattered over the earth in various races.
then he blessed me all those who come to you with faith seeking god will be helped as you look at them the spiritual current emanating from your eyes will enter their brains and change their material habits making them more god conscious smilingly he added your lot to attract sincere souls is very good everywhere you go every even in a wilderness you will find friends both of shri yukteswar's blessings have been amply demonstrated i came alone to america in which i had not a single friend but there i found thousands ready to receive the timeless souls teachings i felt india i left india in august 1920 on the city of sparta the first passenger boat sailing for america after the close of the world war i had been able to book passage only after the removal in ways fairly miraculous of many red tape difficulties concerned with the granting of my passport during the two month voyage a fellow passenger found out that i was the indian delegate to the boston congress swami yogananda he said with the first of many quaint pronunciations by which i was later to hear my name spoken by the americans please favor the passengers with a lecture next thursday night i think we would all benefit by a talk on the battle of life and how to fight it alas i had to fight the battle of my own life i discovered on wednesday desperately trying to organize my ideas into lecture in english i finally abandoned all preparations my thoughts like a wild colt eyeing a saddle refused any cooperation with the rules of english grammar fully trusting in master's past assurances however i appeared before my thursday audience in the saloon of the steamer no eloquence rose to my lips speechlessly i stood before the assemblage after an endurance contest lasting 10 minutes the audience realized my predicament and began to laugh the situation was not funny to me at the moment in indigently i sent a silent prayer to master you can speak his voice sounded instantly with my within my consciousness my thoughts fell at once into a friendly relation with the english language 45 minutes later the audience was still attentive the talk won me a number of invitations to lecture later before various groups in america i never could remember afterward a word that i had spoken by discreet inquiry i learned from a number of passengers you gave an inspiring lecture in stirring and correct english at this delightful news i humbly thanked my guru for his timely help realizing a new that he has ever with me setting at not all barriers of time and space once in a while during the remainder of the ocean trip i experienced a few apprehensive twinges about the coming english lecture ordeal at the boston congress lord i pray deeply please let my soul inspiration be thyself the city of sparta docked near boston in late september 
on October 6, 1920, I addressed the Congress with my maiden speech in America. It was well received. I sighed in relief. The magnanimous secretary of the American Unitarian Association wrote the following comment in a published account of the Congress proceedings. Swami Yogananda, delegate from the Brahmacharya Ashram of Ranchi, brought the greetings of his association to the Congress. In fluent English and with a forceful delivery, he gave an address of a philosophical character on the science of religion, which has been printed in pamphlet form for a wider distribution. Religion, he maintained, is universal and it is one. We cannot possibly universalize particular customs and conventions. But the common element in religion can be universalized and we may ask all alike to follow and obey it. Religion, he maintained, is universal and it is one. We cannot possibly universalize particular customs and conventions. But the common element in religion can be universalized and we may ask all alike to follow and obey it. Because of father's generous check, I was able to remain in America after the Congress was over. Three happy years were spent in humble circumstances in Boston. I gave public lectures, taught classes, wrote a book of poems, Songs of the Soul, with the preface of Dr. Frederick B. Robinson, president of the College of the City of New York. Starting a transcontinental tour in 1924, I spoke before thousands in many of the principal cities. In Seattle, I embarked for a vacation in beautiful Alaska. With the help of large-hearted students, by the end of 1925, I had established an American headquarters on Mount Washington Estates in Los Angeles, California. The building is the one I had seen years before in my vision at Kashmir. I hastened to send Sri Tishwar a picture to, of these distant American activities. He replied with a postcard in Bengali, which I hear translate. 11th August 1926. Child of my heart, O oh, Yogananda, seeing the photos of your school and students, what joy comes in my life, I cannot express in words. I am melting in joy to see your yoga students of different cities. Hearing about your methods of chant affirmations, healing vibrations, and divine healing prayers, I cannot refrain from thanking you from my heart. Seeing the gate, the winding hilly way upward, and the beautiful scenery spread out beneath Mount Washington Estates, I earn to behold it all with my own eyes. Everything here is going on well. Through the grace of God, may you ever be in bliss. Sri Yukteswar Giri Years sped by. I lectured in every part of my new land and addressed hundreds of clubs, colleges, churches, and groups of ever denomination. During the decade of 1920 to 1930, my yoga classes were attended by tens of thousands of Americans. To them, all I dedicated a new book of prayers and soul thoughts, whispers from eternity. With the preface of the famous singer, 
Madam Amlitia Galli Koshi. Sometimes, usually on the first of the month, when bills rolled up, rolled in for the upkeep of the Washington Center, headquarters of the Self-Realization Fellowships, I thought longingly of the simple peace of India. But daily, I saw a widening understanding between West and East. My soul rejoiced. George Washington, the father of his country, who felt on many occasions that he was give, being divinely guided, uttered in his farewell address the following words of spiritual inspiration for America. It will be worthy of a free and enlightened and at, a, at no distant period a great nation to give a mankind the magnanimous and too noble example of a people always guided by an exalted justice and benevolence. Who can doubt that, in the course of time and things, the fruits of such a plan would richly repay any temporary advantages which might be lost by a steady adherence to it? Can, can it be the, that providence has not connected the permanent felicity of a nation with its virtue? Walt Whitman's Hymn to, to America from Doma mother with thy equal brood thee in thy future thee in thy larger saner brood of female male thee in thy athletes moral spiritual south north west east thee in thy moral wealth and civilization until which thy proudest material civilization must remain in vain Thee in thy all-supplying, all-enclosing worship. Thee in no single Bible, Savior merely. Thy Savior's countless latent within thyself, equal to any, divine as any. These, these in thee, certain to come. Today I prophesy. So here ends chapter 37. Thanks for listening.